From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. I'm Jonathan. Joining me this week are Todd. Hey. And Stella. Hello again. And this week, we are going beyond the gateway. Now, we've heard, we, there's a lot of talk. You hear uh, the term gateway games being bandied about. And in case you don't know what it is, it's a game that you can introduce someone to that's not Monopoly, and it's not Risk, and it's not Trivial Pursuit, or any of the other usual suspects. And it sort of shows them what is out there, you know, how, how, how far games have come in the last few decades in terms of design, how much fun they can be, how different, how interesting they can be, uh, without being so complicated that you're going to scare them off. The, uh, the big three for this are Settlers of Catan, Carcassonne, and Ticket to Ride. Those are the ones that usually get mentioned. There are lots of others that will come up in that context as well. But we don't really talk all that much about what to play next. So, supposing you've managed to introduce your friends to this sort of thing, and you're not sure where to go from there, that's what this episode is all about. Let's start with the, with the gateway itself. Guys, uh, what was your gateway game? Mine was Survive. Oh yeah, was was it like the old version of Survive back in the uh, the eighties, or is it the, yeah, when, the new recent reprint? No, no, no. It was in the eighties. Uh, I happened to get a copy of Survive, and it was like nothing else we'd played before. This was uh, the eighties was kind of a weird time. It was sort of the golden age for family board games, but Survive was an anomaly. Yes, it was different. Yes, it it has. Um, you know, different actions that you can do on your turn. There was not roll and move. It was, there was a lot of ways you could move around the board. It was just, it was an extremely interesting and different game. And Plus it was mean. It was mean-spirited. It is, it's the best game that you want, <laughs> if you want to be jerks to the people you're playing with, it is the best game for that. And Have you played I, Survive, Stella? No. Okay, let, of it. Let's, let's fill you in here. Um, it's, 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 we bring it out a lot at Snakes and Lattes for Tons. people who are new to the whole gaming thing, but they want something stabby. You got this big island in the middle of the board, and you got ten people on this island. Each player is ten people on this big island, which is slowly sinking into the ocean. And by the way, there's a giant volcano on this island that's going to explode at any moment. There's four little islands at the corners of the board. You're trying to get your people from here to there. Problem. The waters in between here and there are filled with sharks and sea serpents, which are controlled by the other players. Obviously. Yeah. So it was, it was really different uh, back then, and it holds up really well even today. It does, it does. But you're right, it was an, anom- an anomaly because I played that game in the 80s, and then I really didn't play board games again until the 90s when I was introduced to Carcassonne and Bonanza and that sort of thing. So even though it was my gateway game, there was a huge time in between it and my getting into modern board gaming. So the whole Beyond the Gateway thing that we're talking about here was pretty much not there for you. No, not really. Interesting. I, I went from survive to role-playing games. Wow. So Stella, what uh, what introduced you to stuff other than Monopoly and Risk and stuff? I'm a cliche with Catan. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I often tend to think of Settlers as being, uh, I mean, back in, it was, it, was, it was the gateway game for the longest time. Came out in 1995. Mm-hmm. These days, I often tend to think of Settlers as being too complicated to be a gateway game because it's got so many rules. What, what, what was it like for you learning the game? Was it, did it feel like a chore? Was it easy? No, I, it came in a, I played board games with my parents growing up a little bit. Like we played Monopoly. We played this game called Wizard, which we talked about. A ah, trick-taking game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we played Euchre. Mm-hmm. Another trick-taking uh, game. We played like stuff like that. Card but or basic, basic board games. Um, and then... Never really thought about it and then got to university and my sort of neighbors in the student co-op 
we're these uber nerds. Sorry, guys. Yay. <laughs> um, but, but, like, we were buddies because we all listened to, like, I was really into music. They were into nerdy music. So that's where we bonded. And then we'd be listening to music and they'd take out this board game. And for a while, I was like, no, no, no. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing. I'll just watch. And after a while, I was like, okay, teach me this thing. <laughs> so we'd play. And it was always dudes. It was always, like, four or five dudes and me. It was n- There was no women playing ever, which was, I guess, holds true a lot of times for more complicated board games but um so that was the in and then it was literally like snakes i was like oh i love board games like and from then i also played like cranium things like that with friends okay um stuff that you could be creative charades whatever just for fun and then i heard about snakes and then from there i i was taught games like pandemic and bang and things like that which kind of went from there so did Pandemic and Bang sort of uh, deliver as, as good follow-up to Settlers? I mean, when, when, you re- when you're playing Settlers and realize, whoa, you can do this with games, um, do, you, do you think that Pandemic and Bang and, and the other stuff you came across did a good job of delivering on that? Even more so for me. Like, mm. I like Catan, and I'll still play it because it still is that game that most people, when you're like, oh, I love board games, they're like, oh, I know how to play Catan. You're like, okay. It's true. So, fine. <laughs> we'll play that, but... For me, I still like games where you can have a little bit of shit talking and like <laughs> bluffing and back and forth and creativity. So for me, I take out cockroach poker, um, bang, pandemic. I really like that. What was that fire game again? Oh, uh, Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Firefighters. Yeah. Things where they're either, it's weird, it goes either way. You can either like stick it to people or play with people. I really like games where you're not just focused on just the game, I'm doing this thing. You're you're, phys- you're you're very aware. You're you're interacting and you're aware of your interactions. Yeah, yeah. So what makes for good follow up then? How can you tell a game is a good thing once somebody's played one of the big three? What's what's how can you tell it makes a good game after that? So suppose somebody's played Settlers. They've they've had Stella's experience. They have played Settlers of Catan. They've done that and they're like, okay, what's next? And what 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 do you deliver on? Well, you've gotta you've gotta step it up in increments. Um, Settlers has a certain amount of rules. A lot of rules. A lot of rules, but but it, the basic gameplay is fairly simple. People understand what they need to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, I would go to a Stone Age next, something that has a little bit more, but slightly different. Um, so, uh, yeah, Stone Age is a light worker placement game. I think we did an episode about worker placement games at one point. But it's got dice, it's easy to get into, it's fairly clear what you're supposed to do. You're just, you know, building your little Stone Age buildings and uh, figuring out stuff like pottery and so on. It's, it's, it's nice, it's accessible for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because um, if you jump too quick, if you go from, like, Settlers to Arkham Horror, then... Or Agricola. Or Agricola. Lahav. People are going to say, well, okay, I'm just going to play Settlers every once in a while, and that's the extent I want to do in this hobby. But So you've got, you've got to really gauge it to your audience. Uh, so you wound up uh, focusing mostly on the, uh, the interactivity on this. I mean, obviously the main interaction in Settlers is trading and negotiating. And so from there you went to Bang and Cockroach Poker, which are mostly games about bluffing in a lot of ways. So did, actually, I have to ask, were you a poker player? Uh, a little bit. My family is French Canadian, so they always mm. did, uh, you know, when the kids went to bed or when the kids were getting ready for bed, they always did without the poker. And I, I played a bit. I didn't love it. I played like, it was always like, if you want to play, you have to put in your $5 or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, mm, no, I'll keep my $5. <laughs> so, but like, honestly, uh, so what I would do going back to like, 
I also have played um, Lords of Waterdeep, which I like a lot. That was a good sort of uh, follow-up yeah. on Beyond the Gateway. To me, Another worker placement game. Yeah, depending mm. on what I would do is ask, what did you like about that game? You know? Mm. And to me, if they were like, oh, I like the bartering, I like the like playing with people, then maybe I'd go more towards the bang and stuff. If they were more like, oh, I, I like building and finding points and doing different things this way, then I'd sort of go maybe... Lords of Waterdeep, what I actually found more recently, and I like more than Waterdeep, and is cl kind of closer to Catan, and I don't know why, is a game called Augustus. Oh, yeah. I really like Augustus. It's neat. That's, that somewhere was, in the middle That was a nominated, nominated for the Spiel des Jahres yeah. last year. It's, uh, it, it's, I've heard it called Gamer Bingo. Gamer Bingo. <laughs> yeah. There's something about that one that I really like that's not, mm. that's sort of on the, like, complex, like, not more complicated than Catan, but for some reason, funner more fun it's got neat moving parts to yeah. it it's this, it's this really intricate little machine with, that doesn't require a huge amount of maintenance yeah it's it's really accessible that's what that i way. would kind of recommend as a sort of step up to the side from so i think what stella mentioned is actually quite important about figuring out what aspect it is of the gateway game that your audience likes and then you can gauge what game to take them to next so if you're in, if you're playing Settlers and you really like the trading aspect, well, then we'll bring out Bonanza, which is a great trading game. Best game about bean farming ever published. Best. Um, if you really like uh, uh, building a civilization, then Stone Age is a good option. Mm -hmm. um, if you like the take thatiness of the game, then maybe we can play Bang. Um, yeah, and then just figuring out what level, what increment of of rules creep you can sneak in. Like, how much more can I add on to it? There's one other thing I think has to be mentioned as well, and that is how important it is to have a group of people who enjoy the same things about games that you do. The game group is massive. It's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, so many people out there say, well, these, you know, these board games sound interesting and stuff, but I don't have anybody to play them with. Or the people I play them with are always jerks, or the people I play with are too, <laughs> you know, pansies or I don't know what it is but uh, it's uh, obviously you need people who feel the same way you do about games and putting together a good game group is something that's probably the, the single most important thing you can do when you're passing through the gateway uh, there's a gentleman named Chaz Marler who does a podcast called the Pair of Dice Paradise and he's been doing a really good series on assembling a game group recently you should check that out but there's one more thing we have to talk about a bit of an elephant in the room that hasn't come up yet uh, as far as the gateway. It's a bit uncomfortable, but we kind of have to go there. Are there some people who don't need to, don't want to, and maybe shouldn't go beyond the gateway? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my family is one of them. I have, uh, when I got back into board gaming, uh, I, I introduced them to Bonanza, and they loved it. And every time I would go home, for I'd, I'd go home and visit them for about two weeks at a time, and every single night we would play Bonanza for three or four hours straight. <laughs> two weeks solid. And that kept on in that, in that manner until I introduced them to Ticket to Ride. And now they love Ticket to Ride, and we'll play it for two, three, four hours every single night I'm home. I've tried introducing them to other games, even other versions of Ticket to Ride. Like Ticket to Ride Europe or Marklin. Or, yeah, or the, I, I bought them the Asian expansion. And mm. nope, they just want to play bass. That's the best one for them. Hmm. So they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're just happy with that. They are. I mean, it's, it's just the right amount of rules for them to keep track of. Uh, they, just, they just really enjoy the bass experience, which, you know... Yeah. 
I hate because it means every time I'm going there, I'm playing the same game every night. I keep trying to introduce them to other things, but it just never quite works. Well, again, the importance of the group. Mm-hmm. You're also pretty quick to say uh, to say yeah to that question. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of these things like don't judge if they're just there Absolutely. to have a good time. People work hard. They put their brains into a lot of other things. They just want to play a game that doesn't take a lot of brain power. They're just there to have a social good time and do base games, put a little bit of effort and have a good time. Cool. And it's interesting because my family's the same. I I took a risk and brought them three little pigs to play mm-hmm. over the Christmas holidays because they we I always go. We end up playing Wizard, we end up playing Euchre, we end up playing Scrabble. And I was like, okay. Mandy gotcha. talked about how well she did with three little pigs with her family. Yeah. How, how'd it go over with yours? It went over awesome. Yay. And they actually nice. so well that they kept it. They were like, can we keep this? Can you get another copy? <laughs> so apparently my mom and dad play this game, which not knowing my mom and dad, that's a big deal. They don't really do anything. <laughs> so it's kind of awesome. But like in small little steps, it's it's a few dice and if like a little bit of building. But it's, they would never play Catan even, I don't think. Like they would never even go that far. But they'll sure huff and puff and blow your house down. Exactly. Blow the house and made of straw and wood and brick. Right? Why not? That's good stuff. Easy peasy. And now like maybe I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'll bring them King of Tokyo. Sure. It's, it's very similar. It's true. Once, uh, one day, yeah. They both got that Yahtzee style, roll yeah. the dice, keep what you want, roll the dice, keep what you want. Yeah. Done. If they can get past the theme. That's right. another thing, right? That's like, true. I, Giant monsters yeah. are not going to be yeah, okay My dad in would be families. into it. My mom would just... <laughs> <laughs> that's a really important point yeah. though going beyond the gateway doesn't always mean getting more complicated yeah. sometimes it's uh, in the case of uh, perhaps Todd's family maybe if you, even if you do stick with games that are simple they're not familiar yeah. uh, true. Three Little Pigs might not work in that case because they know Ticket to Ride and, yeah. they, uh, and they're comfortable with it um, even, even, even simpler games something like Cockroach Poker Again, you know, we know how to play Ticket to Ride. We're good with this. Yeah. So uh, they're, 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 that, that's another couple of directions that people don't usually think of. Not only do you not have to get more complicated, uh, maybe you want to stick with what you have. I mean, there's plenty of electronic gamers out there who are happy just playing Wii Sports and Mario Party, and they're not interested in Phoenix Wright or Journey or you know, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. There are people playing Call of Duty, and they're not interested in Dark Souls or Mass Effect or Spec Ops Lives. So they're already sort of advanced games that involve shooting people, same as Call of Duty, but with more stuff in them. Um, so you have to sort of allow people to play the games that they're going to want and take their own path through the gateway in the direction that it leads them. So let's see, uh, if, you rem- if you're interested in going further through the gateway, we're actually doing a series about this on our blog on the subject. You can check it out at snakesandlattesgut.com. Just click the button at the top that says blog. And uh, let us know what you think of it through the comments and through your favorite social media outlet. We hope you've enjoyed this trip through the gateway, and we'll see you next time on the Snakes Cast. Until then, I'm Jonathan with uh, Stella and Todd. Game on. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You can find more from the Game Gurus by subscribing to the Snakes and Lattes YouTube channel or by visiting our blog. Just go to snakesandlattes.com and click where it says blog up near the top of the page. Until next week, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.